Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. The things that are screaming loud at my house are the telephone, which, you know, it used to be, I just remember that age, especially when you're younger, where we would fight to answer the phone. And now my husband and I fight to who's going to answer the phone. You get it. No, you get it. You get it. See who it is. Will you see who it is? You get it, you know. Nobody wants to talk because we're just so maxed out because of our cell phones, you know. And I read a statistic that we actually get more messages per day than our grandparents, well, I guess it would be our great-grandparents. Our great-grandparents got in a lifetime. But you know what? I think that's true. I think that's true. That we get more messages per day than our great-grandparents got in a lifetime. And if you think about the email junk mail, I mean, I dread going away for one day. Because I not only, and you know what I'm talking about, I not only have messages from, you know, work and things like that, but I have messages from things that are just absolutely bizarre that I think, how do they get my email address? And then the things that they're asking and addressing is pornographic in itself. And so we're bombarded not only by messages and loudness, but loudness that's intrusive that we don't even want in our lives. I've thought about our cell phone. Just what about your kids' sports and activities? What about just the syllabuses that you get at the beginning of the year or the schedules? Um, it's amazing just to try to fit it in your schedule book. And I have not graduated to those little bitty, what do they call it? My husband has one. Palm Pilots and PDA. Yeah. Those are just, I can't ride in them. My husband can do it. But that's, you know, he also doesn't keep track of the kids' schedules. I think that has something to do with it. Um, TV and radio. Um, and I'm sorry, I'm one of those, like, I don't do television well. Um, that is relaxing to my husband. He reads all day since he's in an attorney, and he reads wills and trusts, so it's relaxing for him to watch television. It's just the noise gets to me. But I think about this, too. I remember going into stores, and there was no music. There was no noise. And now, you don't, even if you're trying to get away and just think, and there's nowhere to go, so you just go to the grocery store, what have you, there's music. By the way, isn't it a sad commentary when the grocery store is like a spa experience just because you don't have your kids with you? (laughs) And I'm sorry, guys, if you're not relating to that, but it's so embarrassing. I'm like floating on cloud nine and taking an hour and a half at the grocery store just because I don't have kids with me. Yeah, yeah, sampling all the little cheese things and putting on lotion from jars that really aren't testers and it's not good. But anyway, so we are just bombarded, even just our schedule and people. And my brain is bombarded during the day. I know yours is too. And so I don't come here saying, okay, we're going to change our world or you need to change the system. I'm coming here saying God says that we, like we talked about last week, are to hear the voice of the shepherd and recognize his voice. And so how do we hear him in a screaming loud world that we live in? And today I want us to talk about hearing God through peace. We talked last week about hearing God through the word of God, which is to me the most exciting. It's the only 100% accurate way to hear the voice of God. And 
I really believe that every other way to hear God stems from his word anyway. But we also need to know, how do I hear God through peace? And it's sad to say, but I personally believe that a huge percent of Christians have really never even experienced peace. The peace that passes all understanding. I mean, God says in his word for us to be anxious for nothing, but in an all things with thanksgiving and supplication to make our requests be known to God because then the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. And I cannot think of a generation that needs their hearts and minds guarded more than ours because we are bombarded with everything to worry about in the world and every schedule and, and just bombarded with all those messages. We need to have our hearts and mind guarded, but that's by having the peace of God and a peace that surpasses our own understanding because when you get it, you'll be able to say to people who say, I know what you're going through. How can you have peace? And you'll be able to say, I don't really understand it. I can't really explain it. Why? Because it's the peace that surpasses all understanding. And it will guard you. And yet it comes by us asking with supplication and thanksgiving, meaning asking with a thankful heart. So I want us to talk about peace because there's so many scriptures referring to the peace of God. And the peace of God, once you know it and once you have it, it'll be this barometer to helping you make decisions. And I'm not trying to talk down anybody. You know, a lot of you may walk in more wisdom and more peace and more knowledge of the word than me. But I just want to come and share with you a few times um, in my life. Um, there's a scripture in Colossians 3.15, and it is so, so key. I would, I would encourage you all to write it down, keep it in the front of your eyes. You know, that's what's so neat about scriptures is, Proverbs 4.20 says, um, My son, give attention to my words. Do not let them depart from your eyes, but keep them in the midst of your heart, for they will be life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. I mean, the word is life and health and peace. And it changes us from the inside to the outside and from the outside to the inside. And um, it also gives the Holy Spirit something to work with when you can memorize a few things, even though that may seem difficult. Um, Although it's not, because I could turn on, well, I have, this is very telling. I, I'm driving here. This is my first day to drive, basically, to really get to drive in a month, because I had a very major back surgery. And if you all can't tell, I, I don't bend. I can only bend my neck. My back is totally fused. So this is like kind of my first time out of the chute with a speaking engagement since then. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. I love that. It says that we are not to let anything else rule. And, and, and I'm talking to us as women especially. We're not to let emotions rule. We should be able to say when our emotions are rising and, 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 and we just are you know, about to cry or need to vent or whatever it is, we need to stop and say, the word of God says that peace will rule in my heart, not emotions. And we shouldn't be reacting to stuff as mature Christians or as Christians wanting to please God. We should be responding to everything. 
Responding how? With the mind of Christ in the peace of God. You know, that is such an amazing scripture because we at all times should have the peace of God ruling in our hearts. I think it's the Message Bible. I'm not sure which version, but it says, Let peace be your umpire. In other words, peace also says what's in and what's out. You know, it's really the umpire's call in a game to say what's in and what's out. And peace should be that umpire to to that decision. In other words, that decision is in, that decision is out. How? Peace. Peace. And so often we let fear rule. And I just want to say that because we're talking about how do we hear God in a screaming loud world. And I'm just so tuned into this with me that we let fear rule in our lives. We let fear be the umpire. And we do it in such a in such a positive way, let me say, that um, we don't notice it. And I'm going to give you an example. Um, I'll hear even my husband say, well, I don't think we should do A, B, C because I'm afraid that if we do, do you ever hear yourself saying that? I think that we should go ahead and go to that meeting because I'm afraid if we don't, we shouldn't be letting fear rule. We should be letting peace rule because the word of God says that fear is actually a spirit. And it says in the word that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. So we're supposed to have a sound mind and a heart that's ruled by peace. Imagine that. A sound mind and a heart that's ruled by peace where we don't make decisions out of fear. And especially with our children or with our businesses, we cannot make decisions out of fear. We have to say, God, whatever it is, I need to have that inner knowing. I need to have that peace. And as we walk with God and we get more of the word in us, the more certainty and surety that we will have. Because we'll have that knowing and scriptures will come up in us to speak to us. So hearing God in a screaming loud world, I would say hearing God through peace, our key scripture is Colossians 3.15. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. I wanted us to look quickly and and write these scriptures down if you can. Um, Peace gives us answers to hear. But what brings peace? And and I want us to look at these scriptures because we're saying, okay, peace is going to help me make these decisions and huge decisions in your life. You may be at a place in your life right now where you have a huge decision or you have a huge career decision. You have major decisions. I know that um, Shelly and her husband had a huge decision financially to make. She had a huge career decision to make where she could go into a career where she was paid a lot more money or she could go to our ministry and work with me um, where she would not be paid as much money. That's a huge, huge decision to make. It affects your whole family. So she had to go with peace. She had to go with hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. Because as much as we would like it, there's not usually a burning bush. I don't have very many people that... Do you that have said, you know, I was just outside my front yard and just landscaped it. And I said, God, you know, I need to know this career decision or this decision with my kid. And I'm telling you right now, our azaleas just caught on fire. And God said, hey, do it's just not happening. And, you know, we're frustrated by that. I mean, I would have loved to have lived in the time where 
You know, the bushes were burning and the sea was parting and all that. But no, we wouldn't have. Because, you know, that was just so far and few between and there was just a few prophets out there and little sprinkles of God and no Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit in you to speak to you. You have Jesus in you and he speaks and gives us peace and it's so individual and so personal and so available. I love it that God's available because as much as I would love to even be available to all of you all the time, I can't be. And yet the Holy Spirit is always available. And you're not going to have him say, I need to um, put you on hold. Could you give me your birth date and social security number and let me grab your file? Can you tell I've had a lot of medical stuff lately? He's so personal. He speaks to us through peace, but we need to know where does peace come from. Number one, peace comes from God's Word. Y'all knew I was going to fit there, and there or somewhere. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have they who love your Word. Okay. That's pretty direct. See, I love the Word of God, and I have great peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm not, I'm not even supposed to be here, by the way. Did you know that? I'm not even a statistic with the AML leukemia that I had. Even my precious doctor, who I, could, I just love that man, he says all the time when I come see him, you're not even a statistic, you know? And statistically speaking, I could get myself really worried and say, gosh, what if this is the last Christmas? What if this is the last birthday with one of my children? What if this is the last? What if it comes back? What if, what if? But that's living a life out of fear. And and Jesus actually died that we might have peace. And I want you all to put that down as number two. Salvation brings us peace. Isaiah 53, 5 says that the punishment that brought us peace was upon him. You know, we look at Isaiah 53 and we think of it as a prophecy just for salvation and, and that Christ died, that we could have eternity and, and no separation from God and that we could live forever and have this awesome relationship with God. And then also that he would heal our body. He took so much on the cross. We have everything from him. But he also took upon the cross our right to have peace. And so if you ever question in your will, in your mind, well, is that God's will that I have peace on this earth? Because some people do. They're like, you know what? I don't buy it. I think really we're supposed to kind of just make it on this earth and just, um, just, there's a lot of Christians that are just not joyful. And they don't have peace. And I just think that most of the world and a lot of our friends, I mean, why would they want to be them? Why would they want to have Jesus if Jesus is not bringing them anything but just a lot of rules and regulations? I mean, we kind of know that we have more than that. We've got, we've got hope. We've got peace. We've got joy. We have the Holy Spirit. He speaks to us. He directs us. We've got miracles. We have healings. We have miracles financially in every way because God supplies our needs because we're his kids. Wisdom we get from uh, the word, but wisdom is number three. What brings peace? Wisdom. Proverbs 3.17 says, Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are peace. And it's referring back to wisdom. Wisdom's 
path is peace. What does that mean? That means that when I get wisdom through the word of God, when I get wisdom through um, hearing the voice of God and knowing God's voice, and I receive wisdom, then the end result at the end of the path is peace. Because when I have bucked what I kind of knew God wanted me to do and not gone or gone against wisdom, I can promise you the end result of that was not peace. Let me give you a great example. Um, given this example before, but it's so true in my life, it's quite embarrassing. But so many times when I am having a loud disagreement with my husband because we do not fight, um, I will hear the Holy Spirit say, do not have the last word, say no more. And I will always do that because I'm a submissive, wonderful wife, so I always do that. So I just wanted to share that with you so that you all could um, esteem me. No, many times I will hear the Holy Spirit say, say no more. Strife brings in every evil thing, the book of James says. Does that not scare you? In your house, strife brings in every evil thing. It's selfish for us to fight. Because it brings it in to our children, to our house, every evil thing. That's scary. And yet I will hear the Holy Spirit say, do not say another word. Don't have the last word. Just be the peacemaker. And I will say, are you kidding? Absolutely not, because I'm right. And I will continue the fight. Or we'll say we're sorry. And my famous thing is to say I'm sorry too, but sort of bring it up again in some kind of form or fashion, because I still really would like for my husband to say, you're right, I was totally wrong, can I take you out to dinner? Um, You know, all those things that after 17 years of marriage I've never heard, so I think I'm an idiot to still try that. But what I'm saying is, when I don't listen to peace, the end result of that path, when I don't listen to wisdom, let me rephrase that the end result of that path is not peace it's strife it's not peace it's it's a night without sleep it's not peace it's the seeing the unrest in my children's eyes when they hear mom and dad in such discord see the end result of us not having walked in wisdom is always a lack of peace Um, number four Hearing God through peace, another thing that brings to us peace is keeping our mind on God and trusting God. I just said Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 because they're probably my most favorite scriptures. One of Well, I say that about every scripture. <laughs> but see, even thinking of this, Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8, you know, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. And then it says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord, not people. Not your, you know, protecting your reputation. Fear the Lord and shun evil and it will be flesh to your bones. Marrow, it says in some scriptures and some versions. Health to all your flesh. You know, what's so amazing about that is... Proverbs talks so much about keeping our minds on God, keeping our minds on God. 
And that's what I do with the scriptures during the day. Because when I let my mind wander, your mind is always doing something. It can't not think about something. Matter of fact, one, two, three, I want you to just, on the count of three, think about nothing. Okay? One, two, three. I mean, you can't. And God made us that way because he wants us to always constantly be thinking about him and his word and be in tune with him so that we can have a John 10.10 life abundant. And when I start thinking my own thoughts, I don't get in a good place. You can have the most beautiful, happy surroundings, and when you start down a road of the past or regret or negativity or I wish or even self-pity, you're going to end up in a, in, a, in a pit no matter what your circumstances. And then the dichotomy of that is you can be in really dire circumstances and not a good place, and you could be the most joyful, happy person in the world. Why? Because you have your mind on God and his word and his truths that bring health. And then that's what's so crazy about it is that the, the thoughts that you're having and, and the good that you're concentrating on then somehow changes your life from the inside out. And then all of a sudden, you can become a statistic that how come you're still alive? You know, Do I think it's because I was such a good person? No, I don't. The Word of God literally saved my life. And I'm not saying that someone that did go on to be with God in eternity wasn't faithful or didn't have enough faith. I'm just saying that through very difficult circumstances, you can have joy and hope and faith and be at peace. And you can hear God's voice instead of hearing the voice of everything else around us that brings us depression, frankly, and and lack of hope. And we as Christians can't let that happen. We need to keep that hope up all the time. And not only that, God's word says that we are healed by his stripes. And it says to pray for the sick that they might be healed and made whole. And we've lost a lot of that. We need to get back to that. Righteousness brings peace. I didn't realize that, by the way, until I was studying for this and and then I saw over and over, I could only have time to give you two examples. And I can see we're going to go into a next uh, teaching here because there's no way I cannot look at this, at least tonight. This is so important. Righteousness in Isaiah 32:17, it says the fruit of righteousness will be peace. That's pretty direct. The absolute result, the fruit of righteousness will be peace. Well, what is righteousness? That's one of those like words like faith. It's like, wow, you know, you should know it, but you don't really. Righteousness, and, and we know faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen because we're told that specifically in the Word, but there's no, like, small, short definition in the Word that I can find for righteousness. So I'm just going to say this. Righteousness is having a right standing with God. Righteousness is doing what you know to do right. It's righteousness. And walking in all the light that you have, you know, and you can only do that. I look at, like, things that I got away with 10 years ago, and I think, God, why did you even, like, why didn't you just wipe me off the face of the earth, you know, the way that I thought or behaved, or hopefully it wasn't 10 years ago, but maybe 20 years ago, whatever it is for you. 
God's mercy is so abundant, but he does have, just like we have with our children, this compassion towards us when we're walking in all the light that we have. And so we need to have a right standing with God. And when we do, when we're walking in all the light that we have, or we're walking in all the word that we have, then we have a righteousness with God. And we should desire that and desire more words so that I can walk in more righteousness with God so that I can have more peace. And so another scripture I want to throw out there about righteousness bringing peace is Isaiah 48:18. It says, If only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have, ta- would have been like a river, your righteousness like the waves of the sea. And so it's paying attention to God's word so that our peace is like, a river. And you know what's interesting is I think, where do they get all these songs? I've got peace like a river. And it's so funny because we know all these songs and we have no idea where they came from. Kind of like bringing in the sheaves, bringing in the sheaves. And we're all thinking, bring in the sheaves. I mean, what is a sheave anyway? You know? And it reminds me of one of my friends. Her, her little boy's not a little boy anymore. But, um, oh gosh, i got to remember this story. But it was about a song. Um, oh, it was the song... He is exalted. The king is exalted on high. And her little boy thought it went. Um, and he was singing this in church. And she turned towards him because she thought she heard him singing this and she wasn't sure. But she turned towards him and she had to say, please, that's the wrong words. Because he was singing, he is exhausted. The king is exalted on high. I will praise him. And, you know, I guess... <laughs> That was really sort of his perception, too, you know, of God, kind of like, oh, Lord, you know. Of course, God probably didn't say, oh, Lord, because he is Lord. But, you know, looking down on all of us and just being like, I'm so exhausted with all these people, you know. And that's probably the word that he heard most in his house, too, because I think my children have heard me say so often, I'm so exhausted, you know. God doesn't want us to be exhausted. He wants us to be following him in peace. And not be so stressed out, not be so strained. How do we know, though, how to eliminate things from our schedule? How do we know, though, what job to take? How do we know, though, unless we can follow him with peace, unless we can follow the Holy Spirit? And it's exciting to learn this because it will change our lives. I'm excited. Walking right brings peace. And I want to say Isaiah 57 Verse 2, the first part says, those who walk uprightly enter into peace. You know what that means? Again, that means basically righteousness. I could probably categorize those together, but it means walking uprightly in front of the Lord. It means walking, doing things right in your Christian walk to the best of your ability brings peace. And you know, we don't ever stay neutral with God as far as walking with God, we're either moving forward or we're going backwards. There's no standing still. You can't kind of put it on hold. And God says in the book of Matthew, in it's chapter 6, verse 33, that he wants us to put first things first. And it says there, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his right standing, your right standing with him, and all these things will be added And I notice that almost every day, God has me on a short chain. I get yanked back. And it must be because my role is that of a teacher. 
And some of you may also have that role, but a teacher of the Word of God. But I'm on a short chain and he has to say, Kathleen, again, you are not seeking me first. If you'll just seek me first, all these things that you're running after, that you're scrambling after will be added. You know, Lacey doesn't do everything right. He's my husband, and but he is my hero. And I'm telling you, that man, from what I can see over the last three or four years, seeks first the kingdom of God. And I have seen God bless his business because of it. Because he will seek God. And he doesn't fear. He's also really patient. And he kind of, it kind of drives me crazy because I'm married to this like person that I wish I was more like. Anyone have that situation? It's really like irksome. You know? Especially when you, you aren't that way. And yet God... I always think, you know, God knew what he's doing to choose. He says he chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And I realize, I, I realize that I am a, that scripture describes me because I'm just sort of like out there. And yet God uses me. And I feel like that's such an encouragement to you too. Don't, don't feel like just because you have quirks in your personality or you don't always do the right thing that God is not using you and that he doesn't have an absolute exciting plan for you. But the key to it all is loving him and hearing his voice. You know, our kids can't follow in our direction and grow in the way that we know we could save them from so much heartache and so much turmoil and so much loss if they would just listen to what we say. And as they get older, we say that. If you would just listen to me, I would save you, not only from the negative stuff, but I would bless you. I would bless you. I mean, the times that my little boy is too young, but the times that my little girl has just listened to what I said, and actually at the end of my long soliloquy, Because we can get off onto those tangents where I think, oh, my gosh, you know, I can't believe I just said that. It's like the day I woke up and I realized I was driving a Suburban. I was wearing sunglasses. I had on a Mexican dress, and I was taking my kids to school, and I looked at my husband, and I said, oh, my gosh, I'm a housewife. He was like, wake up. He's been a housewife for, you know, several decades almost. I'm like, this is not happening. So after I give this long soliloquy, when, when she actually says, yes, ma'am, I want to bless her. And it's like when God says something and without excuse and without us turning away and blaming someone else, we just say, yes, you are right. It comes with a blessing. And I get excited about that. We should desire that, to hear him and go with peace and know that, He speaks to us with the greatest intentions for good in our lives. The things to know about God, one thing I just have to tell you is 1 Corinthians 14.33 says, God is a God of peace. God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. So one way we can get direction and hear God's voice is simply if there seems to be too many voices of chaos, do a really, really severe check because that may not be God. So many times when I'm trying to make a decision and there's way too much chaos, I just have to step back and wait. 
because I need to be able to cipher through to hear God's voice and to make sure that I do. I'm going to have time to give probably one example of hearing God through peace. So um, when Lacey and I were first married, um, I was working in, with kids, and I was doing campus life at Alma Heights, and it hadn't been there, and I brought it back. And, but we had a, a large group of kids, and we were going to take them on a mission trip to Russia. And it was really neat because we had all these connections, and we were going to go into the schools and teach them about Jesus, which you can do there, but you can't do here. I think that's interesting. And I, I just it was, of course, about 16 years ago, so I don't know if you still can, but you could then. And so we had all these kids going with us, and we had all this momentum going, and we're going to go to Russia and share the gospel, and this is so exciting, and, and all of this. And then we had gone in front of our church mission board, and we had asked for a certain amount of money, and, and so we had raised our funds. And there's just a tremendous amount of work that goes into any mission trip, but especially in taking high school kids with you and it was just going to be tremendous and phenomenal, and it was it was just my total focus is all I could think about for probably five months. And so, right before we were about to go to the very final um, meeting with the church mission board and um, receive actually the monies that they would be able to give us for this church, my husband, um, who I really considered at the time to be a lot less spiritual than I was because I went to all the Bible studies and he went to nothing. And so really, you know, I just felt like, well, I'm spiritual and you're not, and that kind of bothered me. Anybody else ever have those judgmental feelings? (laughs) And they're so wrong, you know. It's wrong, but you feel that way because, you know, God really speaks to our husbands and... So right before we're supposed to go to the church mission board, my husband says, do you know, Kathleen, I'm really getting an unpeaceful feeling about going to Russia. And I was like, well, I'll pray for you, you know. <laughs> and he said, no, I, I really am serious about this. I said, I want, he said, I want us to pray together. And I said, Lacey, you just can't do this. This is just embarrassing. I said, we can't even think about not going. And he said, I just don't feel good about it. And I was like, no, 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 please don't pull one of your I can't, I don't feel good about it things. I put my heart and soul and mind into this, and please don't do that to me. Anyway, I'm going to speed up the story to say that he kept saying he didn't feel good about it. I had to call our church mission board, and after, and all these parents, and after five months of planning, I had to tell them, my husband doesn't have a peaceful feeling about us going. We can't go. And then I'd hang up the phone. And, and I want to tell you, on every phone call, I was the submissive wife. Now, this was 16 years ago, and I would learned a lot since then. So I'm not like this anymore at all. But I had to play the submissive wife. At the same time, we had been praying. Um, and, and I told you a little bit about my back. I had my back fused. So we were praying about... You know, we had been married for six years. Should we have children? Should we not? And so we weren't really trying, really. And we didn't know if I could carry a child because I couldn't bend my back and da-da-da-da. So anyway, all through this, I'm playing the submissive wife. I call all the people. The the trip is shut off, although I'm extremely passive-aggressive at home because I'm mad at him because he called the whole thing off. is embarrassing me. Well, suffice to say, I started feeling so kind of angry on the inside and so passive-aggressive that I stopped. I started not feeling good in the morning. 
Well, we came to find out that I was pregnant. And it was interesting to find out that the night, you know, they have to kind of look at, well, when possibly could this child have been conceived and when are you going to have this child? Well, it lined right up with when he started feeling uncomfortable, a lack of peace about going to Russia. And I would have been two and a half months pregnant where we couldn't even drink the water. So I just wanted to share that with you for two reasons. One, sometimes that lack of peace will come from your spouse or somebody that loves you greatly. And number two, we have to know how to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And I just think, what if I had dug in my heels and gone, which I am very capable of digging in my heels, I don't know about any of you, especially when it comes to just being embarrassed. (laughs) Who cares what God says? I don't want to be embarrassed. And see, we need to have that voice and that peace. And I want us to pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you speak to us, Lord, and I ask that you most especially would bless every little heart outside that door and beyond. And God, I pray that we would hear your voice in peace because we know we can't give away what we don't have. Lord, we need to hear your your Holy Spirit more than ever today, especially in direction for all those precious little people outside, direction for our businesses, direction in everything. So, Father, we just ask for you to speak to us greater and that we would hear you more. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you've enjoyed Kathleen's message. To order a copy of this and other messages, please call us in San Antonio, Texas at 210-822-5500 or toll free outside the San Antonio area, 877-397-7773. That's 1-877-397-7773. Visit our website, KathleenWitten.org, K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-W-H-I-T-T-E-N.org. Thank you.